Hey, Em. Hey, Tear. Did you know I'm from the Garden State? What? Isn't that cool? New Jersey represent. It is not the Diner State. It is the Garden. Where are the gardens? I can't tell you. Yeah. Ooh. I want to visit these gardens. But I feel cool about it. That's amazing. Well, fun fact. Did you know that the state flower of my home state, California, is the California poppy? I do now! <laughs> and growing up, the it was... I don't know where I heard this. It was generally believed that it was illegal to pick a California poppy and you would get in so much trouble. I remember all my friends, we thought that we would go to jail if we picked a California poppy. And I was researching today. Apparently it's not fully illegal, but there are some some laws that protect private property for flowers. Is that because it's the state flower? That's what I, I believe. Huh, you're I making just, me think about Anytime I saw a prying mantis as a kid, I was like, I can't touch you. You're endangered. Yeah, exactly. Not supposed to touch you. I could go to jail. I yeah, used to think that. I'm going to go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I think about. I just remember they were so precious and I couldn't touch them. You're Dorothy Gale. Done and done. From the, the state of the poppies. Poppy state. Well, I'm not Dorothy Gale. I'm from the Garden State, and I'm Tara. I'm MK. And you're listening to Down the Yellow Brick Pod. YBPers. <laughs> Welcome back. We are here with chapter eight, the deadly poppy field. Dun, dun, dun. We are surrounded in so many things that make me feel like we're surrounded oh my in a poppy field right we now. We truly are. So let's get to our bullet points, shall we? Let's do it. All right, here we go. Number one. <laughs> Chipper and charmed by the sunny oasis that awaits across the river, our little party of travelers awake to a rafting adventure that will hopefully leave the mysterious dark terrain behind and smoothly sail them into the Emerald City's arms. Ooh, rafting! I really got swept away in those details. Like, nothing happened in that. That's my bullet point one. Okay. Number two. Well, their hopes begin to drift as they do down the river, caught in a current and quickly losing sight of the yellow brick road that the scarecrow, at an attempt to row harder, sticks his pole into the river's bottom and him with it, forcing a split in our party as the lion doggy paddles the rest ashore with the scarecrow stranded at the drive-in, branded a fool, a far ways behind. (laughs) I love these musical references. A little John Travolta for you. Thank you, you, John. Number three, our damp travelers. (laughs) (laughs) They have to be so wet. They're very damp. Make their way along the shore back to the yellow brick road. Luckily spy and save the scarecrow through the kind act of a superbly timed stork. But their troubles 
only have begun as Dorothy, Lion, and Toto are seduced by the unassuming toxic sense of a dangerous poppy field, with the scarecrow and tin woodman cradle-lifting the girl and her dog to safety as she surrenders to the slumber, but are unable to save the lion from the overpowering perfume. That was iconic not a sentence that was iconic <laughs> the way you described the the rafting it it made me feel like i was on grizzly river run <gasps> at california adventure at california adventure <laughs> that's what it felt like i actually when i was daydreaming a little bit while taking notes on this chapter i was reminded of lazy rivers mm, at water parks yeah and my mom yeah. i never got it then but she'd always be like let's do the lazy river <laughs> She loved a lazy river. You just chill and float down the river. <laughs> just slow. You get squirt by, squirted by a couple on-scene sprinklers and, like, maybe water will dump on your head. Sometimes that's the fun part is, like, when your parents get... Wet. Yeah, when they get, when they get like, they go under the waterfall. Yes. Oh, that's the best part. Oh, my gosh. All right, loved now. that. Loved that tear. Gotta hear yours. Ooh, all right. Here we go. Bullet point number one. Yes. Dorothy and friends awake on a sunny, refreshing morning mm. to a hearty fruitarian breakfast <laughs> for Dorothy. Bring it back, bring it back. <laughs> Call back. And board the Tin Man's finished DIY raft to float down the river, <laughs> unfortunately leading to the scarecrow getting stranded on a pole in the middle of the rushing waters with no escape in sight. Bullet point number two. With the Tin Man grasping onto the lion's tail, the lion swims and guides the group safely to shore, where they walk back towards the road of yellow brick and meet a helpful stork, who snatches up the scarecrow in her claws and carries him <laughs> safely back to his party. Bullet point number three. The friends approach a vast field of colorful and brilliant flowers that eventually turns into a sea of vibrant scarlet poppies, mm. which lulls Dorothy, Toto, and the lion to sleep with their scent, leading the Tin Man and Scarecrow to carry the girl and her dog off to safety, but leave the lion slumbering in his dreams in the mist of the deadly field of poppies. Cliffhanger. Right? Suspense. Okay, this is this chapter was a lot of fun. Ooh, there was a lot. Let's go into some WW Denslow territory of feeling ins inspiration from the images. So, Em, do you want to start us off? I would love to. What are some of your notices via three descriptive words? The first word I want to say. Wonderland. Ooh. It reminds me of Alice in Wonderland. This feel of just being in a very... Well, this first illustration on the chapter page, it's these humongous poppies just overarching over Dorothy and Toto mm. asleep. And it reminds me of that scene in Alice in Wonderland where the flowers are singing to her. You can learn all the things from the flowers. They're so untrusting, They too. are sassy. They, yeah, they're a little judgmental, and I love it. Um, so I want to say Wonderland. Mm. My second word is stranded because there are a couple of illustrations, a couple pages of the scarecrow when he sticks his pole into the water and then is stuck. And Toto doesn't really help him. Toto's so judgy. But there's no one else pictured. It's just Scarecrow. It's just him. In all the images, minus one with Toto just right judging him from afar. He's very limber. And he has just one 
top of a pole to hang on to, and he's making it work. Oh, poor guy. But he's quite stranded. Whoops. Quite stranded. My last word is nap time. (laughs) (laughs) This is, I think, my favorite. I mean... This is making me sleepy, I'm not gonna lie. Wow, through the page. Any (laughs) illustration... Through the page. That's the power of these poppies. Any illustration with with a field of poppies... Well, I'll just say right off the bat. The poppies are my favorite... Probably my favorite element of the novel. Um, Mm. I just love poppies. We'll get into it. (laughs) But this just feels... Obviously, there's some danger here, but it's so alluring to just, okay, I'm going to take a nap. There's this illustration of the the group, and the lion has this huge yawn. You can see his teeth, and little Dorothy's head is peeking above the poppies, and she looks sleepy. And it does look like a lovely place to take a nap. It's very misleading. Yes. So, I'm sleepy now. But they're slowly dying. Right, right. We have to keep that that fact in mind. Minus the scarecrow and Tin Woodman. They're, they're fine. unaffected they're by great. all of this they're power. Great. Yeah. How about you, Tara? Okay. So I also stared into the secret depths of the secret. chapter title page. Mm-hmm. And I wrote down peaceful, too. Mm-hmm. There's something. It looks like it's an ad for a vacation. This looks great. I would go here. It's like, go to this resort. There's <laughs> giant flowers. You get to take a nap. You could take a nap. Your dog will also feel well-rested. It does. That's why it is so funny that this is... If you just saw this, you wouldn't assume that this little girl and her dog are in danger. Right. But they totes are. But it's so peaceful. And I'm with you with the image has a really powerful presence. I can almost smell mm-hmm. the poppies. Yeah. Which just shows you how powerful our senses are. Yeah. Then, okay, I'm going to come back to this. So I didn't write about this, but my fan theory, theory is hardcore coming Stop back. Stop with the stork. Heart, yes. Oh. The stork. I was thinking about your fan theory is when I was reading. plopped on the first, on the O of our little party of the first line of yeah. this chapter overlooking the entire chapter. So we'll come back to what mm. I think the stork I has wait. up her sleeve. We need to give her a name. <laughs> I think I know what her name is. <gasps> so I then felt very connected to the scarecrow images. Yeah, he's going through it. I wrote down me. <laughs> because me. here's the thing. I am very smart. Yeah. But... I sometimes lack common sense, like Mm. the scarecrow. Don't we all? Like, my husband will stare at me when I'm, like, struggling with a basic act or just... I don't have common sense in a lot of ways of putting things, assembling things together. I'm very clumsy. Mm. So I just really feel connected to the scarecrow in this moment. He's trying to help. (laughs) The stick gets stuck. He goes with the stick. He just stays. And then he's like... I guess I'm here Damn it. (laughs) He's like, damn it. Now he even makes a comment, oh, I'm worse off now than I, I was before. Oh, yikes. Gosh. there. I totally get it, Scarecrow. Yeah. Anytime I, I feel like I try a new project, I take several steps back. This is worse. Before going forward. So I just wrote down me. Me. I feel seen in these images. Oh. Um, 
we're going to talk more about the stork. So the color plate that we both are kind of skipping over. Right. Which is interesting that yeah. this is the color plate. Yeah. Later on, this image would be added into earlier um, reprints. Ugh. That was a two page spread of the lion yawning and yeah. the poppies swirling about and <laughs> the tin woodman and scarecrow <laughs> just looking on just not yawning they're, just staring they're just we don't have that kind of they don't know emotional what it is to yawn. yeah I, we don't have that kind of physical reaction um so uh, yes there's a nice color plate of the stork Lifting yeah. the scarecrow up and over this river, we get to see how big the river is, it's which it is large. quite large, and yeah. it's very twisty and turny. And also, there this seems like a very rural area. I don't see any yeah, homes. No, it looks very like yeah, yeah. They're on their own, so they're very lucky that Stork just flapped right? her way to them. What luck! And then my last word for these last two images, the one of the poppy field where Dorothy and the lion are unforgivingly yawning. <laughs> this is like a yawn that my mom so would cute. be like, you're in play. Excuse me. That is a giant cover yawn. Cover your mouth. Cover your mouth. Oh, yeah. I got in trouble for that. When we I was can't younger. even see Toto because the poppies are also so True. tall. Where is he? They're... I, he's probably within Just hiding. Yeah, he's within here because it's really. I mean, Dorothy's barely visible, and the lion is even. It's just his mane and his head. Can I say what this reminds me of? One more yeah. thing. Remember when we watched Honey I Shrunk the Kids? Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> when they're Great in the fe- in the backyard. Great film. And that's probably what Toto's feeling right now. Is the huge stalks of flowers above him, and he's there's bugs down there. Yeah, and he sincerely can't probably see his way out. Yeah. Yeah. So I wrote down overpowering. Yeah. So these poppies are small and seemingly fragile, delicate flowers, but in numbers, they are quite... Go on and on and on. The warrior, you know, and what they can do and their harm. Right. Which is interesting. There's so many themes that we're probably going to go wild on. five episodes. All right, Em, let's go back to that page with that stork plopped on the O, Mm -hmm. and let's start it off. One of the first things that stood out to me was the refreshed and full of hope, that just feeling of a morning, embracing the morning, it's a new day. It's a new dawn, it's a new day. Yeah, they have the world at their fingertips, let's restore and let's get back on this road. Yes. So I wanted to ask you, like a personal question to start, of... When do you feel that recharge? When you feel refreshed and full of hope when you wake up like that? Ooh! Or when was, like, the last time you felt that way that you could think of? Like, what was the reasons why? Oh, when I'm on vacation. Uh, <laughs> or when I have a day off. Well, refreshed and full of hope. Full of hope. I love what that already makes me feel when you wake up, when you wake up in your bed and you like stretch and you just don't even want to leave, but it's like, you're also so excited about life. I feel most refreshed and full of hope when I'm by the ocean. I will say if I, if I'm like one of my favorite places in the world is San Diego, California, just because it's so sunny, but it's, you feel the breeze in your hair. I feel healthier when I'm there. I feel more just alive and at peace. So if I'm vacationing there or visiting my best friend, shout out Kelly, who lives in San Diego, if I'm visiting her there and I wake up in the morning and you can just, even if like you aren't exactly right by the ocean, if the windows are open, you can kind of smell just the air 
and it just feels so refreshing and like anything can happen and you get your coffee and you're just ready to go <laughs> can't leave out coffee oh, i wish i could go there now cup of hope yeah what about you i actually felt this today ooh it is gorgeous out yeah, today in a, a way hasn't been it's been pretty sticky and or like really miserable weather in the morning it's yeah. been a a swing between those two here in new york city and also like city heat is just swamp yeah, territory it's, it's scary you just feel gross a yeah. lot and in apartments where we're in our apartments most of the time and not trying to run up our air conditioning bills, so we will sit with our fans. So this was yeah. the first taste of, oh my goodness, the season is changing. I went for a walk this mm. morning. Just so cool. And I, I honestly, I took a Dorothy walk. I was unplugged and I didn't need anything because the breeze was so soothing and mm. calming. And last night, I have to give a shout out. Okay, let me just get real for a moment. Why not? So yesterday, I woke up and I was like, I have 45 things to do. I didn't make any plan with how to do them. And I was like, just feeling, I just want to leave my apartment and I want change. This is hard and everything's digital and I'm interpreting tones on how people are saying things and I had I saw like my inboxes were just like all these dots dots of on red and I just was like oh my god there's so much and I just feel so not present but I also feel um behind which that is a feeling I'm consistently investigating why do I feel behind like always just giving Mm. a little pause on and I did take a nice uh detox this past week I let go of my Instagram for my birthday week I let go of Facebook and that was heavenly but coming back is like oh my god and it's amazing because so many people reached out for my birthday and I want to make sure I, I see them and thank them yeah but it just all piles up and it starts to look really intimidating and it doesn't look like the intention that was under it yeah so I just was feeling it yesterday I reached out to my best friend Lily shout out to Lily and her beautiful little Toto herself Mm -hmm. Wilma um and I just like unload it I'm like my brain feels so gross I feel like I can't think straight I feel miserable I just felt all the things anyways we don't have to go too too far (laughs) into that but um we had a night last night where we just decided to have a game night here in our apartment with our partners. The best. And it was so much fun. We were <laughs> laughing so hard. We were crying. We also, I have to I shout cried. out, we got all this mail so for Oz, which we're going to do a little shout out on our story oh today on the Instagram because it was overwhelming and so well-timed, at least on my end. Yeah. Like the visual holding sense of... Having a little gift from someone who thought about you in this very specific way felt so necessary and needed yesterday for me because I was just having trouble grounding. I was not centered at all yesterday. And last night just made me so freaking happy. It was so fun. It was so fun. Um, That's, yeah. So I went to sleep just so wiped out in joy and then woke up still in that. Like in a good hangover of joy. Yes, 
hair. So I'm going to just hold that. And it's also just so amazing to see. That day started so hard. I could just see myself getting caught back up in bad habits of things that don't work for me, like staying in my pajamas for far too long, Mm -hmm. not moving my body, not being intentional about what I was putting into my body food-wise, like craving Chinese food and wanting to take, like, the easier kind of ways out. Yeah. I noticed, like, all those kind of, like, bad habits, or I don't want to say bad, but just unhelpful habits Mm -hmm. coming back, racing to me. But it's so amazing what just a moment. I took a moment to center myself. I took a moment to be with the people in my apartment, and it just changed everything. Laughter really Laughter is can everything. change your whole perspective. I felt that way too. I mean, I, Tara was making me cry. We were on the floor laughing, <laughs> and I miss. I. I mean, it's sad to say. I feel like I don't do that as much anymore. Well, yeah. But, where, where are you going, huh? Yeah, I where know. are you going? Where are you going, huh? <laughs> so it's just you're right, and it it does sit with you when you when you sleep, and then waking up just with that joy. I like what you said, joy hangover. A joy hangover. And I have to give a shout out to Home from Oz, which is a card game that we learned yeah. about on the Oz, the two Oz Fest that happened yes. digitally um, a weekend ago. We were so, we didn't, we don't have it yet. We ordered it. We don't have it yet. But we were like getting excited to play that with our partners next. So ready. And to bring some competitive sleigh energy. We'll let you know how it goes, (laughs) but go check them out. We're, We're really excited. Okay, let's get back into our chapter. Thank you for taking that pause with me. Thanks for sharing. I have to say, I noticed this juicy alliteration straight off the bat of Mm. Dorothy breakfasted. Is that how you say that? Breakfast it. I think, yeah. Dorothy breakfast it. It's <laughs> <laughs> a weird word. It sounds like Dorothy, uh, bre- what's the Brexit? Brexit? Dorothy Brexited. <laughs> Brexited. Um. Like a princess off peaches and plums. Like a princess off of peaches and plums. I want to start every morning like that. I know. That's a love letter to my soul. To my Thank you, oh, Dorothy. Oh, thank you. Thank, and thank you, Bomb. That yes. was lovely. Gorgeous. I also love this beckoning them to the Emerald City that they that they all are in touch with. They feel the call mm-hmm. across the river of this sunny country, and they're just ready to get going. I love, too, that it says they had passed safely through this forest, although they had suffered many discouragements. Suffered, yes. They're still having hope. They're still going forward yep. to something that's beckoning them. Yes, so the Tin Woodman was busy at work, made that raft, DIY. DIY! Get it, Tin Woodman. And he, so he made that, and then they start to board this a little uh, <laughs> trepidatiously. This is my favorite. The weight balance. This, I don't know why Disneyland is just in my brain, but it now this is reminding me of, at Disneyland, what is it called? The Storybook Canals. And they're these little tiny boats where you have... It probably seats like 10 people, but you have to go in and it's only on one side. There's probably five people and then on the other side, five people. So if the way there are these tiny boats in this little baby river where you go around and see all the miniature castles. I love I love that ride. And And the one in Paris has the Emerald City. (gasps) But I remember I was there in February with my partner and we were laughing because it was dark and we were all trying to like get on this boat (laughs) and it's terrifying. And you're like, are we going to fall into this river? So that's what reminds me of that. You made me think of my honeymoon. Okay. So there's these things I didn't, I've never heard of these tender boats. No. Okay. So we, oh my gosh, our honeymoon was 
unbelievably magical. magical. A shout out to Michael and Elena for our two our two good friends who were working on a cruise ship, the Club <sighs> Azamara. R.I.P. Cruise Lines. I know a I lot know. of them are Sadness. are taking a moment to rest and heal during COVID. <laughs> yes. Um, they were on this this gorgeous, bougie little tiny ship. And a tiny ship is great because they can port at um, more intimate yeah. places and they could go down the Mediterranean in a way that bigger boats can't. Yeah. So the week that we were looking at our honeymoon, they just happened to be, you know, like making their way through the Mediterranean. Fierce! Why not? And they invited us on <gasps> as their guests. It was That's the most incredible. bougie week of my life in the best possible yes. way. So just a little backstory on the honeymoon. It was unbelievable. I wish and I was there. It, uh, and like the Mediterranean <laughs> is just... I, I was happy every second. Yeah. There's no... There, there was no discontentment. Yeah. It was unbelievably gorgeous. We went from Barcelona all the way to um, Italy, and we got off and then went to Rome after that. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. And so there's these little tender boats that when you can't port in the actual port, they take you to the port. Right. But sometimes it's really <laughs> risky and rocky getting onto those boats, and they... One of the ports we were in, I think it may have been, oh my gosh, we had a lot of bad winds. Um, I can't remember which one it was, but there was this woman and the gap just started getting bigger between our boat to the tender, like our cruise ship to the tender. And they like threw her over in this way, like the guy, like, cause she almost fell and they like, the men that were helping her just like threw her onto the boat. And it was one of the most amazing things. Um, See? Everyone was laughing. Everyone was in, like, good moods about it. No one was in, like, a horrifying place. This is hard. This is but a yeah. hard thing to do. And these are, you know, these men are, they're probably on the sea most of the year. Right. Doing this they work. And it's still, this. like, waves can knock you off your balance. Right. No matter how many waves you've hit. That's really funny to picture, yes. Yeah. So, like, we're so solid and strong on land, but the second we're on a boat on water, we totally change <laughs> and are just, like, very vulnerable. And it's very vulnerable, yeah, yeah because our body starts to do different things. And yeah. I love... So they say so it, like, was going well at first. At first. But then they got into the middle, and this is when the current really picked up, and they yeah. could see themselves moving further and further away. It makes me think when I'm in an ocean and swimming, and then I look back, and I'm like, where... Is my stuff? Oh, Where's yeah. my umbrella? No, that's frightening. And you you just realize you've really badly drifted or been swept under the yeah under the current. This is my favorite moment because I think it puts everything into cause and effect land. Is the Tin Woodman's the first one to speak? Oh, and I want to make sure I, I hit the detail of the long poles that they were using to oar their way across yes. no longer are hitting the bottom. So there's a lot okay, of things. that's frightening. That is really frightening. That means it's really deep, too. Yeah. Which what, who knows what that means. One thing, too, before we get into that real yes. quick, I love speaking of the, bal- the off-balance. It says that once the cowardly lion stepped on the raft, it was tipping, but then the scarecrow and the tin woodman go to the other side to steady it. So I like that there's this balance of between the group of figuring out physically how to keep things afloat. Yes, yes. I just liked that. That was cool. That's a good point to be to be made. Okay, so the tin woodman goes, this is bad. <laughs> just straight up. This is bad. Does not deny the fact that they might be in a a pickle. Someone's got to say it. Yeah, so he says it. And then there's this little connection, too, which I don't know if anyone has said anything like this about the Wicked Witch of the West. Like, saying, 
um, if we're going to be, we're going to be in really a bad place if we keep flowing down this river, because that yeah. means we're going to be in the Wicked Witch of the West territory yeah. and she will enchant us, he says, and make us her slaves. So holy cow, that's like a real that's high, high stake that just comes rushing in. Right. Not only are they going to be lost, but there is now a potential of being captured. Yeah. And also makes me wonder what the Tin Woodman's awareness or interaction or of with the Wicked Witch of the West yeah. is. If he ever met her, or also just maybe because of his relationship with the Wicked Witch of the East being the reason yeah. his axe was enchanted. Mimi Amy. Yeah, he's afraid that this is going to repeat again for him. Maybe it's like, he's, oh gosh, how can this get worse? I just picture him like trembling yeah. and clinking and clankering. Oh, Poor guy. And then yeah. they, they have this awesome comedic timing thing that I always so love. So that the Marvel good. comic always kills. Is like, and then I should get no brains. And then I should get no courage. They all state... What we all know. But what it's we just, all but know. It's they so, gotta put it out there they again. They put it out there again. <laughs> but then, like, I wonder if if the Tin Woodman didn't share his panic, which is so justified. Right. If the Scarecrow would have gotten so a little bit more flustered himself and then went to act before he thought or just do the thing that he thinks is going to help. And he's right. It should help. Yeah. But the poll doesn't. It, do, it, it, oh. it gets stuck, which he couldn't predict. No. And then this is when it happens, everyone. He's stranded! He's struck fast in the mud <laughs> at the bottom of the river, and before he could pull it out again or let go, the raft was swept away, and the poor scarecrow left clinging to the pole in the middle of the river. This is terrifying. Can you imagine if this happened to you? Um, I once got lost in a lazy river. <laughs> you got lost? This is actually, I Wait, wrote a how? whole short story about it in the eighth grade and it won something. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you gotta find this. Okay, so. And it won something. Yeah, it won something. You know how you had to do like personal shares? They started yeah. doing that stuff oh, in the middle sure. school. And you're uh-huh. like, what happened to me? This was mine. This getting traumatizing. lost in a lazy river. So we were at Sesame Place, which is the Sesame Street amusement park that is. What? In Pennsylvania, there's a Sesame Street. What you um, don't know? No, we'll go. Oh my god, it's near Philadelphia. <gasps> yeah, it's adorable, and what? it was. I don't know how. New, I feel like it was maybe newish when I was a baby. Okay. Um, oh and gosh. we went with our neighbors and my mom. Um, I think I was like four or five. My mom and my mom's friend and her two daughters, and. I was the oldest in that group, and I wanted my own tube. Oh, I no. Like, I want my own tube. My mom was like, wanted to do the double connector tube. Right, of course. And I was like, no, I don't want that. No. I want to be, I am independent woman. <laughs> I was four. So my this mom was tracks. like, I don't even, this does not track for my mom, though, of her letting me do something right. like this. I'm surprised. Maybe she was just relaxed, living her she lazy river lazy dreams. She loves river. <laughs> yeah, she's like, whatever, <laughs> let her try it. So I got my own little tube, and we had the two little girls and then my mom's, and my mom's friend. And we were going down the river, and then there's like a split in the Sesame Street one, and I went one way. Oh, no. And they all went the other. <gasps> and I didn't really notice. Oh my this gosh. is what I remember. This is sincerely what I remember. I remember looking around and not seeing anybody I knew. And then screaming. Oh my god. At the top of my lungs. You poor baby. I just went wild. And I remember this man, who I didn't know, yeah. picking me up oh and holding me. And being like, you're okay, you're okay. Oh. And taking me to a lifeguard. 
Oh, wow. And then, like, you know, my mom was maybe five feet the other way. Just, like, it split. Like, I think I went around something and they went forward. And so, oh, it would have come back. It would have come back. But still, you're four. Yeah, I was very little. terrifying. I was little. And the other, I think my mom may have had one of the other little girls on her lap. So that's why she was distracted. Right, right. And I think we'd have done this Lazy River a bunch of times at this point. And it never happened. I had known, yeah, nothing had ever happened. Um, Thank you, random man who right? carried you. And, like, total stranger yeah. took care of me. I remember the lifeguard and, like, I remember the bathing suit being, like, that bright red and just being, like, at hip height <laughs> yeah. to the lifeguard yeah. and yeah. just, like, holding her hand and seeing my mom and being, like, okay. I'm okay. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's terrible. But it was probably maybe, like, five minutes. You know what I mean? But it's... It's terrible. I've gotten... The only time I've gotten lost is in the grocery store. and it, That's the think, common one. You think you're going to die. And it's terrifying. So to be in the water, that's scary. The water, the water was my true favorite place as a little kid. And I don't think it did anything. It didn't make me afraid. Yeah. I just... I also think I was embarrassed for panicking mm. so much. Aww. Um, because they were not really far away. Wow. This short story. I can imagine it winning things because I'm so invested in this right Sesame now. Street. <laughs> Crazy. But and I, then Sharon never let you I know. Then Sharon was like, I'm going to clutch you and hold on to you. Forever. That's my mom, Sharon. <laughs> Sharon's the best. Hi, Sharon. I wonder how she remembers that. Right. I think I brought it up to her a few times, like, later on in life. And obviously, I think this short story I wrote was, like, eighth grade. <laughs> but she, I don't, I think she's very, like, she laughs it off. What if she's like, you were lost for two seconds? I know. I think it honestly <laughs> was. Like, it was really not long before yeah. we realized you were gone, like, you were found. <laughs> you know what? We gotta get the drama. So. It's, it's amazing. Um, oh. So, yeah, like, his, Oof. like, little yell out, the scarecrow yells goodbye. I know. He's just like, well, I guess I'm here now. And then we were talking earlier how he says, or you said it earlier, I'm now worse off. Now I'm worse off than when I met and Dorothy. And the Tin Woman cries because they're besties. No, that's such a sweet detail. Wipes his tears on Dorothy's apron, which I could just imagine yeah. her being there, like, looking down and he's using her apron. Yeah. He's, she's like, okay. Okay. <laughs> This is one. That, this is the first of two moments in this chapter where uh, a care, a friend gets stranded or kind of lost, and the other friends don't know how to help them, and the other friends are like, "Bye." <laughs> no, they're just like, Ugh. or they're speechless. Like they don't yeah. have words. They don't know what to do. They right. don't want to believe it's happening. So they're just like, uh, uh, "Okay, I guess we have to keep going." Right? Yeah, I don't know. There's silence on their ends. (laughs) It's just funny to imagine them being apathetic, but I know they're not. What's interesting, too, so usually the Scarecrow is the one to come up with the quick strategies and plans to get them rerouted. Yeah, recalibrate it. Let's go. Let's do this thing. And, like, use all of their skills like a Swiss army knife, like getting everything together. But he's gone now. They've lost their strategist. Their brains, yeah. So there's some time that passes... But then the lion probably just needs a little bit more time than the scarecrow to just think things through. The scarecrow's pretty quick, but the lion finally says, well, you know, I'm going to jump out of this boat. He had a good idea. Off of this raft, this boat, this raft, (laughs) and get us over to safety. Like you said in your beautiful detail, they hold on to his tail. Love it. And he gets... Swim, 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 Yeah, and he gets them over to the shore. I wonder what happens to the raft. Bye! Oh, wait. 
Dorothy took the Tin Woodman's long pole and helped push the rock to that. the land. I love that. She did something. She She's did not something. a freeloader. Yeah, she's like, all right, he worked really hard on this. Maybe we could sell it on Etsy. <laughs> so maybe they leave the raft, and maybe that'll be helpful. Ooh, I to wonder someone if, else. Does the raft ever come back, Oz fans? Ooh. I bet it does. Or, it's like, it's in it. the Oz Museum. I yeah. like to imagine that if... Oz is very similar to how we live. They have museums and there's like yeah. some like 75-year-old tour guide being like, this was the raft that Dorothy used <laughs> to get across the river. Stop! And it's just like endearing and it's like in a case. This is the pole that the scarecrow Yes, was and then there's like on. wave sounds, you know, to create ambiance. <laughs> <laughs> this one. This one. It's historical. Raft. I'm obsessed. It's historical. I'm obsessed with this. After they gave us some time, they decide to go find the road. Just stay to the shore. Let's find the road. Right. I also love the, right before they do that, the lion is laying down in the grass with the sun drying him. Just like yes. a little kitty cat. Yes. But this is the moment that stood out. <laughs> and they're like noticing how gorgeous it is. It's a lovely country, they call it's it. It's beautiful. And they say, and had they not felt so sorry for the poor scarecrow, they could have been very happy. So he's still on Aww. their... He's, yes. Their minds. They're very sad. Yeah, they're sad. I I wonder what they're at, like what they're thinking. Are we ever going to see him again? Maybe if we keep walking this way, we will run into him. We'll run into him again. Maybe they trust that he'll figure out a way. I don't know. They definitely haven't given up on him yet. They did, yes. So here's when everything changes. The Tin Woodman, his bro, his bromance, (laughs) yells out, look! Look, he's there! And then they see the poor scarecrow, and I will Aww. let's shout out the folio. He looks lonely and sad. So this is oh, this version, y'all. Tara got this for me for Christmas. Oh my gosh, yes! It's the Lun- it's the Folio Society's edition of the Wizard of Oz by Gorgeous. illustrated by Sarah Ogilvy. and there's a full spread of this moment. <laughs> our travelers, the poppy field is in the distance. She's a coming with our travelers. Oh, and Toto's actually, look at Toto. He's he's right there. He's really, he's actually really concerned. He's, he's concerned. the closest to the water and the rest of them are all chilling further back. <laughs> they look like they're just watching They're just the watching <laughs> and the poor scarecrow is just wrapped around like a pole dancer. He's using, yes. He's using his core, core strength around yeah, this. Abs. Around this long stick, and then here comes the rescue. <gasps> the rescue! This is a wonderful moment. So we have this stork that kind of just shows up, and she looks sharply at the queer party. The queer party. The word queer is back in She's the game. back. This stork is my new favorite. Okay, tell me what you think I about the stork. I need more... Yeah, because you have a whole thing. I just think she's fierce. <laughs> she just... <laughs> Where did she come from? Where did she come from? She just approaches. Who are you? And where are you going? I love the bluntness. <laughs> yes. Who are you? Where are you going? I really do love that. It makes me just so happy to not... People just not beating around the bush. Yeah, just... Getting to the point. No small talk. Or creatures, yes. No small talk. And so Dorothy, you know, she says these are my friends. I think that's the first time she calls them her friends. Oh, that's a beautiful note. These, these are, are my, my friends. friends. Not just a random group of yeah. male creatures that, that I'm wandering this <laughs> path with. These are my uh, friends. The Tin Woodman, the Cowardly Lion, and we're going to the Emerald City. This is my favorite part. The stork says, this isn't the road. She's <laughs> like, what are you doing? This isn't the road. And she looks sharply at the queer party. It's so wonderful. 
Dorothy says, I know, but we've lost the scarecrow. And so she, Dorothy points out where the scarecrow is. And the stork says, well, if he wasn't so big and heavy, I would get him for you. And Dorothy explains, well, he's stuffed with straw. He's really not going to be so heavy. So the stork agrees to try. But this is also a wonderful moment. If I find he is too heavy to carry, I shall have to drop him in the river again. I'll try, but no promises. No promises. I'm not going to break any of my my uh, claw nails. I just for got this a manicure. Yeah, I'm not going to totally try coming too back. Hard. <laughs> yeah, totally coming back from a nail appointment. But this stork is wonderful, <laughs> and I was reading um, in the notes that in. Um, a lot of fairy tales and a lot of literature, storks are always seen as, seen as very helpful. The stork is always kind yes. of there to help out and nurture. The stork also mentions she has babies, so it kind of... It's, human babies? She has human babies. Can you imagine? Delivering I don't know. Them? She didn't say. <gasps> She's delivering the babies. babies. Oh, see... I'll tell more. I actually did a little research. Well, I didn't really. It's just beautifully in this annotated Oz book. Thank you, annotated Oz. Bob um, having a connection to the stork mythology, him being very enchanted oh, cool. about it. So he kept that up. <gasps> Amazing. I just love how helpful this stork is. So she flies over into the water. She reaches her claws out and she grabs him and she carries him over to his friends. And he's safe and before we get into, I want to hear your fan fiction. I'm so excited. I just have to point out, <laughs> once the scarecrow is rescued, he walks along and he's saying, Toldy Rodeo! <laughs> I actually wrote down a question for you with that. Do we think he has a good voice? <laughs> the way that I just sang it, my imitation of him proves he does not. Toldy Rodeo! There's actually some history in the annotated Oz of where they think the, that song. Comes it, yeah, from. like it just was a common like express. Like it was in songs, yeah, like as a way to kind of I found. bridge maybe a verse and a chorus together. <laughs> Can we bring that into Make, our lives? It makes me think of Sweeney Todd. But I know the Sweeney Todd's much later of the like <laughs> it's a fall road dino down yeah. that like whole moment is what yes. I. That's how I sing it in my head. Tony Rodino. <laughs> like that's where I. <laughs> That's where I place it. I'm going to be, like, making my coffee in the morning, and when you walk in, I'm just going to belt that out yes! every morning. It means joy. He felt so gay. He's is what it so says. excited and happy. Can I also say I didn't notice this with the image with Denzel's drawing of the stork, who also looks so majestic. So gorgeous. Carrying yeah. the scarecrow. He's holding his hat. It makes me think of when you're on amusement park rides, roller coasters, <laughs> how you, like, clutch your hats yeah. and all your loose put items. Everything, put those loose items He's away. so smart. To think to hold yeah, on to my it hat, it's probably going to fly away. That's right. just another show of the brains that right. that boy got he in knows. him. knows. Have you ever seen a stork? No, I don't think so. Like, just randomly? I don't think I have either. Like, maybe at, like, a park, like a, a zoo of yeah, some sort. perhaps I have. That, I, there's nothing striking out in my memory. <laughs> I need to look... <laughs> This is reminding me, okay, everything is Disneyland and world today. When I went to Disney World, I've only been there once with my incredible friend, Roxanne, who... You've only been to Disney World once? I've only been to Disney World one time. I know, I, I grew up in California, that. so Disneyland, a of thousand. Course. It's my um, Roxanne, you're getting a shout out later on, so keep posted on that. Roxanne works at Disney World and was such the best tour guide in the world and showed me around, showed my friend Kelsey and I around, 
And I remember us eating lunch somewhere. <laughs> it was a beautiful, hot summer day in June. And all of a sudden, I don't know what kind of bird it was, but it looks like this bird in the illustration. It was this huge, tall, skinny, white bird that just was walking around, like, the food court trying to steal people's food and then, like, flying up in the air. And I think we named the bird... And we were laughing. It was one of those moments where we were laughing so hard. We were crying. And I just... I, I do love birds that are, oh, like, staring at you when you're eating. This bird like, was so sweetly. staring. But I was like, they will, take, they will take your sandwich. It was frightening. <laughs> I, but I think... I just remember, like, laughing so hard at this bird. Oh, my bird. gosh. I don't think it was a stork. But it was just chilling. Just walking around. Well, a stork would have taken babies. True. <laughs> Good thing I did not have any. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's get into your fan theory. The stork is the good witch of the north. Ah! Love it. <laughs> okay, so the stork, that is my fan theory. The stork saves the day out of wow. nowhere. They are really stuck in a rut at this moment. The wow. stork, the the good witch of the north is described as being an all white and a white shimmering star gown, which makes me feel like she may have a connection to it's I think it's transfiguration. Transfiguration. Like I'm thinking of McGonagall on the Harry Potter world becoming yes. the cat. I see that Ooh. kind of also I think the good witch of the north is a Gryffindor if we want to cross Ooh. pollinate mm-hmm. worlds. Like maybe there's we some should. connection there. We should cross-pollinate those worlds. So I feel like um, that might be a skill of the Good Witch of the North, because here's where this theory, that wasn't, I mean, the just the surreal timing of the stork, just who are you? Right. Just, Hi, I'm here now. Just slipping in and also maybe investigating what's the relationship like? Are they doing okay? Maybe being a little bit of a spy? Yeah. That, that all was all fine, but here's where the detail that really got me is when the scarecrow goes into like, oh my gosh, thank you, thank you, thank you. (laughs) She says, that's all right, said the stork who was flying along beside them. I always like to help anyone in trouble. Mm. And that just stood out to me. And she says, I must go now for my babies, which then I started thinking like, oh, what kind of babies? Are they her babies or actual? Like, are we going into that mythology of the stork brings the baby? I love that. So I love that this fan theory. Is my theory? She shows back up just to check in and make sure Ooh. they're good. So in the annotated Oz, there is a note on Stork, and it says some of Bob's most tender and most personal writing concerns the Stork legend. I'm going to read you something he personally wrote in in the in the dedication copy of the Road to Oz that he gave to his first grandson, who was Jocelyn Stantonbaum. Okay, it's so it's so sweet. Once on a time, the storks brought a baby to Frank Jocelyn and Helen Snowbaum, and the baby was so smiling and sweet and merry that he won his way to all hearts, those of strangers as well as of his doting relatives. For as the stork was flying earthward, it met the love fairy, who stopped to kiss the babe. And the next, the laughing fay tossed it in his arms and then Glinda the Good blessed it and decreed it happiness. So this baby went through Oz. What? So on the stork flew with its burden until it passed the Emerald City where the shaggy man took the love magnet from the great gates and pressed it against the infant's brow. And so, what do you think will be the fate of this youngster so favored by the fairies? I know. He will find in life joy and gladness and prosperity. And since he was touched, he has touched the love magnet. 
He will win all hearts. It is so decreed. I want to know everything about the love magnet. I think that's going to come back to us. That was in the road to Oz's personal dedication to his first grandson. Oh, my God. So he has a, I think he, you know, his work before this, too, was all in the nursery rhymes and the stork is present there. So he, I think, really loves the story of the stork, which is really sweet that it comes back up here. That's so cool. Thanks for reading that. All right. So here we go. Um, we have made it to the poppy, the overtake <gasps> of the poppy fields. But I did want to share this with it. you as well. Um, I didn't really notice this until I read in the annotated Oz that the flowers all start changing colors. So There's it, multiple colors. It goes away from the tradition of the color schemes being the dominating feature of the different lands. Right. So in the 1997 Oxford edition of The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, Susan Wollstenholm, she offered this curious explanation of this seeming inconsistency. Hmm. The friends are lost here and have been brought off course by the river. The flowers, different colors here indicate that they are meandering around the geographical center of Oz, possibly just around the Emerald City, and that the borders are close together at this point. So the color confusion is starting to happen, and maybe that's also... Yeah, everything's overlapping, so we're getting closer, but now the deadly poppies are taking over! Aren't they beautiful? (laughs) I love there were big yellow and white and blue and purple blossoms, besides great clusters of scarlet poppies, which were so brilliant in color, they almost dazzled Dorothy's eyes. Makes me think of being (gasps) hypnotized a little bit, too. They're so intoxicating. And I love that she just shouts, aren't they beautiful? The spicy scent. Spicy scent. Ooh. Oh, my goodness. Can I ask you before we start? Because, Of of course, you know me, like life connections. Do it. So what feels like this right now to you? What feels like an intoxicating poppy feel that just feels good in the moment, but we know might not be serving us or might be... Ooh. It's making me think a lot about addictions. I think the poppies yes. do have oh, a big definitely, representation. Definitely a connection. Numbing there. and, yeah. Uh, yeah, choosing to be unaware. Oh, my goodness. I'm obsessed with the poppy metaphor. It's There's so many ways that you can take it. So what's feeling intoxicating to me? <sighs> In a dangerous way. Is it my cooking? It's totally Tara's cooking. In a dangerous way. (laughs) In a dangerous way. I mean, it's a little predictable, but probably screens. I feel, I actually, full disclaimer, was sick this past week. She's Um, a trooper champion. She's been going through it. We can get, we can get personal. I had a UTI. (laughs) I've never had one. So if you've had one. Let me know. No, don't let me know. But um, I'm better now. But I was, it also, I don't, no one enjoys being under the weather, but it sent me in an anxiety spiral. And I was in bed for, I had to take a day off work. I was in bed, not feeling well. And you definitely in those moments reach for things that you think will just like make you mentally yeah. and emotionally feel comforted. It's like thra- like lashing out. Yeah, like it's, just, a, it's almost violent and it's, yeah. it's not violent. In, in your brain, it's violent. Yeah, yeah. It's like trying to cling on to something. Exactly. And so I, I feel like 
it's very easy when you're just sitting in bed to like reach for a show or a game or it's just something on your phone all day. And then I, my head was hurting by the end of it. Cause I wasn't really, it wasn't fully engaging my brain, you know, which I was for a, a big part of that. I was sleeping, I will say, <laughs> but it, you know, it was just that idea of searching for something to kind of, fill something in you or take away anxiety when after many, many hours of just staring at a screen, you kind of feel worse, you know, whereas maybe I should have just slept more or who knows, looked at a book. I don't know. I honestly don't know what what would have helped. But even now when I'm feeling better, I feel like since we have, you know, a little bit more time, we're at home, it is tempting to just not really be intentional about what you're doing on the computer. And I work on the computer. I teach lessons via Zoom. So at the end of the day, it can feel intoxicating and tempting and like it will bring you. There's always something new to find. There's it's a that's true. Like there is this weird never ending enchantment that can come over your brain. And it's helpful to just put it down. I just do this a little bit more if I just. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's not bad in doses, and I love technology, but it's hard. We've been, I feel like this has been a theme of our, our discussions, is trying to find that balance of, okay, now I'm going to put this down, or what am I using yeah. this for, or am I using this for connection? So, that's been my deadly poppy field recently. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm 100% with you. Yeah. I feel the same way, specifically with social media, as I use it a lot for things that I love. And also some of my my um, circle work that I do, the, the uh, sisterhood I run, I use a Facebook group. Um, and it often feels like I have to slay through a distracting jungle just to get to that sweet little haven of a Facebook group. Yeah. But by the time I get to that little Facebook group, sometimes my brain feels a little battered and pulled in a lot of different ways because these apps, and I've done a lot of research because I'm trying to feel into how to use them in a healthy way. And I think I'm having like a new conclusion that there might not be such a thing. Mm. That is my new conclusion after trying so many different ways. I also have, I think, an addictive... Um, reaction to something that promises connection, right? Because that's yeah, what I long for, sure. for the most. It's one of my top values yeah. in the world is community connection. And right now, social media is like a Band-Aid yeah. for all of the stuff that we're missing. Yeah. And when used correctly, it is you could really find some wonderful for moments sure. yeah. through it. And I've we've made connections with people via Instagram through this podcast that we're just like, oh my God, I'm so grateful. But it is like a use sparingly. And I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast yet, but this is something I talk a lot about in my coaching work and um, my circle work is there's no skull and crossbones label on social media. (laughs) And there really should be. We don't have any guidelines on how intoxicating, how it can quickly go from just having a mimosa Mm -hmm. to I'm wasted (laughs) and I don't know where I am. I don't know who I am. And like that sinking depression and all the kinds of comparison measurement systems that could unhealthily and unfairly bring up because like we're saying with the poppies, they look beautiful, yeah, but they're little beasts. 
They are yes. they are tampering and more expansive than you might. Yes, think. very much like the sirens. I feel like from yes. Greek mythology of yes. they're so alluring in their presence and what they look like in the visual. So it's often like Instagram. I think is a place and Facebook. All of these things you can get caught up in the visuals. Yeah, but go like, what am I doing here? Right. Oh, that's happened to me many times where I go to, oh, I'm going to go look at the guitar school's Instagram and check something. And by the time I open Instagram, I've been on it for 10 minutes and I can't even remember why why I I, went. And that's when I say, turn this off. We have to talk about this more. Turn this off. Because if you can't remember why you signed on to this, you're not using it right now. (laughs) Right. And that's, I think that is a common issue that we're not really talking about because now it is becoming people use it to market people use it for their businesses people use it for artistic output um it's endless content and i sometimes don't know if our brain is meant to have to be an a an interpreter of so many people's tones yeah that is a really hard job we're asking our brain and soul to do is like try to understand tone when it's just like through um Yeah, and and pronunciation marks, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. So that gives a little danger, too, of assumptiveness, I think, can take over. And I am, like, the queen of assumption call-outs of Mm. when are you, for myself and for all my clients. Like, do you actually know that? Yeah. Or is that, like, fear fiction? Making that story. Yeah, Yeah. that serves, like, keeping you in a small place or stuck, whatever. Wow. So I actually, I did have this revelation yesterday of because so much of what I had to do yesterday in that really hard day for me mentally was online. I just it felt like I was throwing myself myself to the mental wolves because I knew I'd get distracted. Like I just knew my brain wasn't in a place to like soldier through this. Yeah. Um I came at the conclusion of I think you want something out of social media that it really can't give. Mm. It's not its job. It's right. here is I think it's a we don't really know how to use it. I think in general. And here's the thing folks Here's the thing. Here is the thing. No one's going to tell us it's bad for us because it's making lots of people money lots right now. Lots of money. That's the way it's designed. Is yes. To the dopamine hit in our brain. It's like a yeah. sugar rush. Yeah. It's yeah. totally sweet tooth problems. Oh, it's man. basically like having a, a permanent cavities. Oh, man. So I yeah. totally like this is where I'm feeling it completely because... They can just be flowers. Instagram can be flowers. It could be me flower picking. But if I don't have any sense of authority or ownership on, like, my time and also, like, knowing, girl, you have a problem. If, Mm. like, you get – some days it's really great. It's like gambling, too. Like, some days you win, but that doesn't happen every day. Right. Not every day. And, yeah, it's like I shouldn't be looking to this tool for my emotional health. It's not for Mm. that. It is not for that. I have to find that – in other ways. I think it, yes. And I think it even goes beyond social media to, I was thinking last night about how much we use Google to answer our problems. The news, the media right now. And last the night. Conflicting messages. Oh gosh. Yeah. It's a whole other thing. Yeah. And even last night I sang a random piece of a song, the right thing, the right thing. And we were like, what is that from? Tara and I, Tara was like, that's from a musical, right? And I was like, I think, wait, what is this? And so we were trying to Google the right thing, the right thing, <laughs> musical theater lyrics. And not, of course, nothing was coming up. And it, 
And we finally got it. It's from Footloose. Um, <laughs> but it was actually a really fun... It went on for maybe a half hour, but it was a very fun brain teaser because... We couldn't solve nowadays it. Nowadays, we're so... I'm so used to... Oh, what does that word mean? Okay, let's go Google it. And you can get the answer. And that's a wonderful thing. But it has kind of taken away that skill in our brains to just sit with the impatience of, I have to figure this out. What is this from? You know? So. Yes, I love this. And also, I as you were talking, I was thinking, too, about how there's a reverse quality, too, to what we're seeing in the screen social media land of engagement right now. That is because, okay, the poppy field also represents an on wokeness, a, a staying asleep. Yes. yes. Choosing, to, yeah, choosing not to partake. Yeah. I'm going to sit in this field and not, you know, not do anything. Yeah. And social media is actually, I think there's a lot of calls and cries to action right now. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it, I don't know how helpful it is because it could sometimes feel like overwhelming and very optical. But. Yeah. That's also interesting. Like, there's a big energy to it right now, which if we just know what our souls, ourselves, our spirits, our mental health can handle Mm -hmm. on it, Mm -hmm. like as if, like, we went to an AA program. Right. And that's why I'm even seeing, like, the work I do in women's circles is becoming more and more important because we have all these new things that we have to combat and we all have to decide this is my relationship with, but these things are truly designed to not be okay with you deciding. Yeah. They want to tell you what to do. Yeah. It's like the Capitalism. Hashtag capitalism. (laughs) So yeah, it's just, I'm so disenchanted right now with everything capitalism, but it's so interesting just to see like what these poppies can represent. But also we've, we see some other representations beyond this like escape from awareness and oblivion and on wokeness. We found some wow. other beautiful ones, the two of us. Yeah. A lot linked to your home state. And then I did a deep dive that made me a little bit emotional. Yeah. This morning with the poppies representing veterans who are lost. And yeah. We'll go down this a little bit more. So um, you tell me first, what mm-hmm. did you uncover in your poppy? research and how we see it maybe as Americans outside of this fairy tale yeah. realm. All right. Well, as I mentioned, <laughs> poppies are... I just smelled my armpits. Yes! They don't smell like poppies. Oh, man. Spicy. <laughs> um, as I mentioned, poppies are very important to me. You know, being from California, I grew up there, lived there for 18 years. My family is still there. It is the state flower. And it has been the state flower since 1903. So a little bit about the California poppy. Um, the California poppy, golden poppy, California sunlight, or cup of gold. You can see why I relate to these. The early Spanish settlers of California saw vast displays of the California poppy lighting up the coastal hillsides, and it is said that they could guide their ships by the sight. So they called the California coast the land of fire, and they called the flower the cup of gold, or copa de oro. During the 1890s, right around the time Baum was writing Oz... American botanist Sarah Plummer Lemon advocated for the adoption of the golden poppy as the state flower of California. So I just loved that, too, that a woman was like, hey, we need this as our state flower. It's very similar in the, I think, in the American Legion, too, and also in how it became something that they used to raise money and awareness. Mm, It was all from a woman. Isn't that cool? In the American Legion and the veteran world. Yeah, I love that. 
So connecting it back to just what poppies, there's so many different kinds of poppies, but the golden poppy. I don't think I knew that. Honestly, I thought they they were red. Yeah. They come in a variety (laughs) of colors. I mean, here's a photo. The, the golden poppies really are very orange and bright on the coast of California. And so they're like you as a pop. I love the poppies. And I just remember road trips. And anytime I drive in California, you'll come across little ones on the side of the road. There are multiple vast fields, just like in Oz in California of poppies. So to me, poppies represent literally home in California. Uh. And my best friend Kelly and I will send each other photos of poppies. And it just, she lives in California. I live in New York. So it's kind of this really cool connection between us. And fun fact, I actually have a tattoo, a tatty, tatty poo. A tatty poo. <laughs> I have a poppy tattoo on um, my left rib cage just because I feel like I can carry home with me all the time. <sighs> and of course, it connects back to Oz. Um, minus the deadly aspect. That's not really <laughs> what I want to symbolize. But. I did want to read in um, Jack Zipes' notes. Love some Zipes. Um, (laughs) In Greek myth, poppies are linked to sleep and death. Yes. Uh, When Ceres became exhausted during her quest for Persephone, she was granted sleep by smelling a poppy sent by the gods. So they're associated with death. They're said to grow from blood. They're especially prolific on battlefields. Yep. And here's the very deadly part. Opium, the base for heroin and morphine, can be extracted from the seeds of scarlet poppies. And during the 19th century, the use of opium was not illegal. It was used for pleasure by many people, and it was used as a medicinal painkiller. And in my research, I also found... Yes, yes, yes. ...that long before um, opium was... Uh, opium things through me. Right? Isn't that insane? Yeah, did not know that. They're like these beautiful flowers, yet they can truly, they can be lethal. Um, But the Native American people used various preparations of the California poppy plant for toothaches, to relieve headaches and stomach aches, and as a sleep aid for children. California Mm, poppy tincture is currently used as a mild sedative, um, and it's used... um, as an anti-anxiety remedy so it can be it can be smoked it can be uh uh in liquid form it's used for different ailments it really is so go hit those poppies go hit those poppies <laughs> like there's a lot um a lot of good things and then one last little thing that i wanted to um say well fun fact april 6th is california poppy day so get ready to celebrate that April 6th, everyone. Will you still be here? <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll celebrate. I found this really cute website called um, flowersociety.org, and they talk about the essence of flowers. and just, <gasps> Yes, I found something, oh too. Gosh. Okay, I'm excited yeah, for yeah. this. Yeah, I mean, I could talk about flowers all day. I love them. But um, they talk a lot about... They're here to give us beauty. They're here to give us beauty. Yeah, to remind us there's so much beauty in this world. Right. When we're hurting. Even just the fact that this beautiful flower exists... Um, you send flowers when people are hurting too, mostly like in yeah. celebration. I just forget like there's so much significance with and, flowers. Yeah, they were. I feel like they were put on this earth to give us a connection to beauty and yeah. art and yeah. yeah. 
One of my favorite quotes is um, Ralph Waldo Emerson. He says, the earth laughs in flowers. Yes. How sweet is that? Yes. But two little things about poppies that this amazing website um, written by Richard Katz and Patricia Kaminsky. We'll tag it. They they talk a lot about poppies and how poppies actually, at least the golden poppies, when it's overcast or rainy or dark, they actually close their petals to, like, protect the bud, to protect themselves. And then when the sun shines again, it opens again. And there were some really cool time-lapse videos online of the poppy reopening. And it's just how beautiful that the the flower is so connected to sunlight of course it's connected to the golden coast to my my state that's amazing it makes me think of the snow scene in the movie yeah exactly and them shriveling up yeah (laughs) all right and here's just a cool spiritual aspect that they wrote i'll say a little bit of this the human soul is challenged by the mesmerizing quality of light propelling one outside the boundaries of body and soul for what we feel we lack within. It is fitting that California poppy is the California state flower, for certainly the modern California experience reflects many aspects of this state of soul consciousness. The California gold rush, the glitter and glamour of Hollywood, charismatic cults, and various drugs that promise transcendent ecstasy, enlightenment, or freedom from pain and restriction. The California poppy helps the soul to gather its forces of light and warmth so that they can radiate within the chalice of the heart as an enduring (gasps) presence. This light of the heart is a form of spiritual gold, which finds its counterpart in nature in the metal of gold deep within the earth and the sun itself, which pulses as life giving solar heart for the whole of the earth. It is this chalice of gold within the heart that learns to receive and embrace all of life so that the very light that we seek becomes that light that we radiate as a blessing to others. Holy cow. I know. This is beautiful, Em. I know. Your the poppy, your botanist now. The poppy is everything to me. And I love that last bit about light because my other tattoo is light. So just like the sunlight and body. poppies, it just means so much to me. So thank you for letting me go down that, that little rabbit hole. And yeah, I just, it's connecting it back to the poppy field. It's this beautiful, as we've been saying, golden temptation, shining gorgeousness. Mm, temptation's a big word. That is also quite deadly yeah, when be used when used in a certain way. So it's and just it's also uh, medicine when used in a certain way. It's also medicine God. and helpful, right? Because That's more on like things can be so many Right. Can have so many properties within them. Yeah. And depending on the user, like we talk about with magic, like we talk about with personal history of having some stains in their past, but also having some really incredible successes and accomplishments of good, it all links. Oh, my gosh. Could you also tell us about the Muppets Wizard of Oz puppies? Oh, my gosh. Okay. So... I have not seen Muppets Wizard of Oz yet. We keep yet. talking about I it like we know it. talk about it every episode. We'll watch it. <laughs> but in the Muppets Wizard of Oz from 2005, 
Oz's poppy field is reinvented into a hip nightclub that closely resembles a hookah bar that plays soothing jazz music. The music music can hypnotize people into never leaving by putting them into eternal sleep. Oh, it makes you think of the Wiz, too. The poppies are like perfume bottles. And the lion is like really overwhelmed. Yes, really overwhelmed in in this I love it. I just, I, I love it. I love it. I'm obsessed. But now I want to hear about your research tear. Okay, I'm going to start with the annotated Oz. Great. So this was a little note for their or, their odor is so powerful that anyone who breathes it falls asleep. So um, Michael Patrick Hearn noted that Bomb probably had inspiration from The Pilgrim's Progress, which was a book. Mm-hmm. Um, and s- states that the Scarlet Poppy has traditionally been associated with sleep and death, since, like we said, like since ancient times. Because of their color, Scarlet Poppies were said to grow from the blood of the slain, which she said, for they are often seen on battlefields, which, which I'll get more into. And here's a little Greek mythology. When Demeter sought her daughter Persephone, Persephone, in the underworld, the gods gave her a poppy to smell to let her sleep, and these flowers sprang from her footsteps. Scarlet poppies also suggest the blood of Christ. Of course, opium and its derivatives come from poppy seeds. It produces the most extraordinary dreams, but can cause addiction. Mm-hmm. It produces the most extraordinary dreams, but there's the skull and crossbones, can yeah. cause addiction. Wow. Um also, later on, we'll know that Princess Ozma is like, boom, like she's giving us Princess Leia um, poppy hair. She has yeah. like the nice little crown that m- makes me think of Princess Leia with poppy. Yeah, for poppies sure. In. For sure. Um, and she, I think, makes me think of like where poppies used as like high fashion mm. of the time to- of that of like Oz. I love to think of Oz in a very elite, <laughs> especially Emerald City, in a very elitist, oh, yeah. over the top fashion. For sure. Also, makes me wonder. They don't want people bothering them. They have all these obstacles surrounding them. They're like, please don't bother us. Like the bougie upper right. class. Right, yeah. They try to keep people out. Yeah, it makes yeah. you be like, oh, there's the bougie upper class who wants to stay asleep to the rest of how the world works. Oh, wow. Whoa. Okay, so this comes from Flower Meaning, um, mm-hmm. which is a website. Um, so this is a little bit more on its meaning and symbolism. We'll link this in the show notes. But here's just a basic of what it has looked like. I mean, I know this is kind of repeating what you said, but just to touch in again with all these different representations, the restful sleep and recovery, the consolation for a loss or death in the family, remembering the fallen uh, of various wars and armed conflicts, a lively imagination, peace and death, messages delivered in dreams, resurrection and eternal life, beauty and success, extravagance, there's the Emerald City people, and luxury. So this goes into such great depth that we will include in the show notes. But of course, where I like stuck my research was in um, war veterans. Yeah. So my grandfather... Um, who passed this year from COVID-19, who is one of, like, my heroes forever and always, he always had poppies on him. Mm-hmm. I actually checked the pockets to see if there were any poppies in his, because I have his Ugh. his uh, VFW jacket. I asked if I could keep it. Wow. Um, and I checked to see if there were any poppies in there. But my aunt was like, I think we took all of them and gave them 
to back to the VFW so they can continue giving them out because that's what oh, he would wow. want. Oh. Um, so my pop was the commander of my town's VFW and also a very avid member of the American Legion. I grew up going to the VFW and American Legion Hall. They shared a space. Um, that is where my, like all my celebrations also in life took place, like communion, oh. Holy Communion, eighth yeah. grade graduation. They were all in this legion. Yeah. This very like sweet space. I mean, it's, it's totally like Elks Club. Like, yeah, you know, lo- sure. my town is very much working class town. So it's, there's no like thrills about it, but there's something so endearing about this space. Also, people always on Memorial Day congregate there and have, uh, hot dogs that are free um, from the VFW. So it's just really special. But the poppies have always been around in my life because my pop-up gave them out, not just on holidays, always. So he was oh. like this walking remembrance to me. Like, he's like, I'm not going to wait for Memorial Day to ask you to remember a soldier or wow. Veterans Day in November. Yeah. I'm going to consistently be reminding you. And I don't even think that was intentionally what his thought process was. He was a very simple guy, but he just found such beauty in the poppies for the pain that he experienced going to war. There was something really calming. I think he always had them. And the poppies that I'm thinking of had like these little tags and they had like the uh, the American Legion stamp on them. So Mm. I did a little history of how this came to be. Um, so the poppies came to symbol symbolize after World War One a symbol of sacrifice, and it was globally extending. Um, and people wear them often on Memorial Day; they'll pin them or Remembrance Day if in a, in November in the European countries, which is our Veterans Day, pin them to their clothes, put them on grave sites or memorials. Yeah, um, which is beautiful. Okay, so during World War One, much of the fighting took place in Western Europe. Um, the Belgium Flanders, the northernmost point of the Western Front during the First World War, became one of the most devastated regions in the battlefield. The war turned the beautiful countryside into a field of mud where nothing could grow. But poppy flowers sprouted on the land of thousands of dead men. Wow. So this um, inspired a poem, which I thought maybe we can end with yeah. today. So I'll bring this poem back in Flanders Fields. Um, this Canadian doctor and poet, Lieutenant Colonel John McRae, who had just lost one of his best friends in this war, witnessed the site and saw the bright red poppies flourishing in this unlikely place. So he wrote this poem that became super famous and is used to commemorate often. But here's where the poppy starts to get really interwoven into the history of um, Moina Michael, who was an American professor, and she wrote her own poetry. Um, She became known as the poppy lady. The poppy lady? She campaigned to get it as a symbol of remembrance into the VFW, into the American Legion, which were formed to help um, get veterans back on their feet after the war. Mm. Um, So they had jobs that they their families were taken care of if they had major um, setbacks like disabilities. So in 1918, she she made the silk red poppies that are known now, um, and they sold them. And then a lot of women continued this tradition on, and it raised a to- a lot of money um, again for the new jobs and housing. But that's pretty much. Where this all started, and it just felt really nice to connect to something I think of my... So you think of your home, and I think of my pop-up Yeah, with poppies. Um, yeah. And again, like, still, like, in this color palette. Like, I think of my... When I think of my pop-up, I think of American flags. Yeah. And poppies. And it's yeah. very much in this Oz 
color palette that we're living in. That is so meaningful. Wow, Tear. Oh, it's so great. And I love having his jacket here with us today. Yeah, that means a lot. So let's uh, go back in and finish this bad one up. Finish it out. So it becomes like a little Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, narcoleptic <laughs> land for our, tra- our travelers. Yeah. Also makes me think, Em, do they just need a mask? <gasps> wear your mask. Wear, wear your, your mask. mask. Stay at home. Wear yeah, your mask. Would that, that probably would have helped a good I, deal. Yeah, and it was, it's this this little line. Uh, their or, their odor is so powerful that anyone who breathes it in falls asleep. It also makes me think of how powerful COVID nineteen has been, and it's right. invisible. Yeah, that we don't really know how it's quickly catching like wildfire through our bodies. Through our bodies. Yeah, it's like there are some theories of you know being close, and that's not helpful, wow. and like what we're touching. But yeah, it made me think of the toxic energy of COVID-19 and how we're all very concerned right now with our air. Right. So I had, can't see. I had never worn a mask until I went to China because there's yeah. a pollution uh, level that causes concern in the air there. And I thought right. that was so strange. And now it's like, wow. I know. I so normal. Because yeah. I would forget my mask when I was there. For sure. Go out and forget it and be like, oh, I should have it. Um, right. But now it's like... Here, this now is a, this we're is a thing. Used to it, there my our masks are literally hanging on our key yeah. rack. They're which a is big part of our life. I know, now. which is crazy. Yeah, it's a new new normal. So, yeah, here <sighs> we, they're trying to hurry back. Yep, it's Dorothy not, really wants to lay down. The Tin Woodman does not let her. No, he's like, no, girl, come on, let's do this. And her eyes closed in spite of herself, and she forgot where she was and fell among the poppies fast asleep. This mm. is one of my favorite moments. Um, so the Timon goes like, what, what should we do? And then the lion says, and the lion's starting to feel it. If we leave her here, she will die. <laughs> Dorothy must die. Ooh, Daniel Page. Daniel Page. The smell of the flowers is killing us all. I myself can scarcely keep my eyes open and the dog is already asleep. But <laughs> the then, dog is asleep. Here's this transition. And the dog is already asleep. It was true. <laughs> Toto had fallen down beside his little He's mistress. so tiny. I'm sure he Oh my God. He was right like, away. he probably ran and what a, Bam. And then like he's asleep. and just like face Poor planet. Thing. So they tell him to run. Run, lion. Run, lion. Yeah, this is one of those interesting moments where the lion, Dorothy, and Toto, once again, they're made of flesh, so this is affecting them. And whereas the scarecrow, the scarecrow and Tin Woodman, luckily they're not affected. I just heard like music in my chest when they're like, Run, lion! Run. Like boom, boom, boom. Da, like da, da. him trying to get out because he's very strong. He's, so he's fighting yeah. it. And they can't, they're scared that if he falls asleep, how are they gonna lift him? So that was he's a, a big lion. That was smart, of course. Who said it? The scarecrow says to run. Done and done. But then of course, the sweet little swing basket yeah, they make chair. they make for Dorothy and they put Toto in her lap and they're like slowly carrying her out and I love the so detail sweet. of the great carpet of deadly flowers that surrounded them would never end oh my gosh so how scary it makes me think of all those things that we think like if we're at the doctor's office and we're just oh. like oh my god this is never gonna end I'm never gonna get out of here I'm done all this those stories that you tell yourself when you're in when you're in an uncomfortable situation yes yeah. like unsettling situation yeah. that you just think it's forever yeah they keep following the bend of the river, and at last they come upon their friend the lion lying fast Out. asleep among the poppies. Didn't make it. Oh my That's goodness. That's so disappointing. But don't you love the They're Tin Woodman's little sermon? <laughs> we can do nothing for him, for he is much too heavy to lift. We must leave him here to sleep on forever, and perhaps he will dream that he has found courage at last. 
It's like, all right, peace. Like, that was a good Bye. Yeah, Scarecrow's <laughs> like, I'm sorry. The lion was a very good comrade for one so cowardly. But let us go on. Yeah, he's brains. He's not He's not getting into the heartfelt right. part of it. He's like, right. you gotta keep going. That was very lovely. Oh my goodness. What else are they gonna do? This they can't is total cliffhanger land. I love this too. Um, the prevent her breathing any more of the poison of the flowers, which that makes me think again of COVID nineteen yeah, right now. Yeah, get far away. And the yeah. last little thing I underlined was they waited for the fresh breeze to awaken her. The final line, and I think mm. I said I in some of the work I've been doing is just within the women's circles is like noticing what really does bring you joy and satisfaction that has nothing to do with what you spend money on. And fresh breeze was like across the board. And that just gave oh, me some yeah. assurance seeing that fresh breeze is what's going to bring her back to life um, and make her be like, whoa, what happens? But that's yeah. where this chapter that's where it ends. ends. And I thought wow. in honoring of the poppies and like a little historical rendezvousing, rendezvous, we'd end with the poem in Flanders Fields. Please. The That'd poem to make poppies very, very popular and also in a beautiful way of remembering and remembrance. So this is by, again, John McRae. In Flanders fields, the poppies blow between the crosses row on row that mark our place and in the sky, the larks still bravely singing fly, scarce heard amid the guns below. We are the dead. Short days ago, we lived, felt dawn, saw sunset glow, loved and were loved, and now we lie in Flanders fields. Take up our quarrel with the foe, to you from failing hands we throw, the torch be yours to hold it high. If you break faith with us who die, we shall not sleep, though poppies grow, in Flanders fields. Mm. Thank you, John McRae. Thank you. Very beautiful and sad and... The image of war is just a hard one to hold. Yeah. But to shift us into some happy, a happy note to also end on, Em has a shout out. Oh my goodness, y'all. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Thank you for joining us here on Down the YBP. But as Tara mentioned last night, we both got just such lovely gifts from friends and friends who are listening and it was that moment of like oh my gosh our people are actually <laughs> listening to what we're saying but this was like this real listening like insane listening insane i'm not over it so back in i think it was the first before we even started getting into the chapters I had mentioned my favorite copy of the book is illustrated by Rachel Sumter. And I, fun fact, said that I had found that New York Puzzle Company had made a puzzle of the cover of the book, but I couldn't find it anywhere. It was sold out all across the board. So I just was devastated. Yesterday, bringing it back to my friend Roxanne, who works at Disney World, who I've been dear friends with since before like middle school we grew up in youth entertainment stage company where we did wizard of oz when i was dorothy we performed a lot together and she worked for yes company and when i was in wizard of oz she was the stage manager and i will never get out of my head just like running off stage for a quick two second break and she would have my water and it was the like that means the world. I will never yep, forget that. Yeah, that kind that. of support backstage. Just, yeah, mm-hmm. and that's who Roxanne is. 
backstage, on stage, in life. And so she, we've always had the nickname Hero for each other. And I got this box yesterday that said Hero on it. And I opened it up and it was the puzzle of Rachel Sumter's New York Puzzle Company Wizard of Oz book. And I'm flabbergasted. I'm, we're doing this together. So thank you, Roxanne, so much. I can't believe it. Like, ask and you shall receive. This was, Truly. And it was magically on our... Because I started opening it because it said <laughs> just our address. And yeah. then I said... I saw New York Puzzle Company and I was like... Oh. oh I didn't order anything from here. <laughs> and it said Hero. Yeah. Which yeah. is so sweet. She yeah. put it as Hero. Yeah. Thank you so much, Roxanne. Roxanne. Made- I'm crying. I truly can't. We have some more gift shout outs to do over on our Insta story. So come visit us over on at down the yellow brick pod on Instagram. Again, it's like a visual scrapbook for some of the things we're talking about. And we go deeper, see what, what causes we can support. Um, Oz has kind of rallied us in activism and also just spiritual awareness, which you know what? I need that structure we from something, and it's really, really beautiful. Yeah. So thank you for being seduced by the poppies <laughs> with us. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Peace. Love and poppies. Peace, love and poppies.